How can we as entrepreneurs create and grow an online business that generates consistent income so we can live a comfortable lifestyle without working crazy hours? This podcast is designed to answer that question. I'm your host, Haley Burkhead. Thank you for tuning in and let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. So before we dive in, I know we're going to be talking about zero client revisions. We have a lot of service-based entrepreneurs that listen to this episode. Before we dive into all of the goodness, would you mind telling everyone who you are, what you do, and who you serve? Yeah, of course. So I'm Jamie Starcevich. I'm the designer and owner behind Spruce Road. And uh, we come alongside uh, lots of course creators specifically, Um, people who sell digital products, things like that, and we create brands for them. So we'll design the logo design all the way down to like their PDF opt-in or um, their sales page, things like that. Um, So yeah, that's kind of what we do. And then also I sell a course to other designers who are hoping to take their freelance dreams to full-time status because, I mean, you know how it is once you get started Mm -hmm. in business, you're overwhelmed, you don't know what to do. Um, So I really like helping other designers to create like a process that works, that serves their clients really well and um, to help them to go full-time. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. And that's perfect going into this because I know we have we have so many listeners that are ha- have clients and I think the biggest thing is they want time to work on passion projects, mm-hmm. yet they feel like they have to be chained to the laptop because there are those client revisions or there are like the constant messages of, ooh, change this, change this, tweak that. And we obviously want to get rid of this completely because it's a huge time suck. And yes. you could be spending time with your fur babies or your human <laughs> babies or, or your husband or partner or whoever. So let's go ahead and just like dive, dive into this topic. Yeah, I think it's something obviously I'm super passionate about. I feel like a little preachy about it over the years. Um, but before I started my business, I worked in-house as a designer and also at an agency and just found that there was always some, um, what I would call like unnecessary friction with clients over revisions. And uh, like just to brief you guys, if you're not familiar with like the design industry, like we'll always present, it's like industry standard to present for a logo design, for instance, like three concepts to the client. And then we'll have them pick their favorite. And then um, almost always it's like a, I don't, you know, I like them all. Can we combine these options? Or like, I, I like this one. And you, you know, in the back of your head, you're like, that's not the right one that they should have picked. Um, <laughs> so there's like some friction there. Um, right. and it's like that leads to a ton of revisions. And so over the years when I worked for other people, I always was like, can we just not show them these other options we don't think are viable? Like, why are we showing them? That's not serving them well. So um, but you know, I was like maybe 23 at the time. No one really <laughs> listened to me. <laughs> Understandable. So, uh, when I started Spruce Road, I just right out the gate, first client, I was like, I'm doing it. Like, I don't see why I wouldn't do this. I just believe in it. And so from the very beginning, I showed my client my entire process and this new process I came up with. And it was presenting for my industry, just one logo, which is pretty like radical, I guess. And it worked. And that was like four and a half years ago. And I've never changed my process since then. Um, so yeah, it always leads to like very minimal, if any revisions from clients. And like you said, like not only does that just give us more time to 
work on things that we want to do and not be iterating on things that we don't want to even do for the client. Mm-hmm. It just leads to like a, such a better client experience um, and something that you're serving them really well. And also like you feel excited about the project and not like mid project, you're in a slump because right. like, I don't want to do this anymore, you know? Right. So the, the client says, yes, I want to work with you. They sign the contract, they put down the deposit and how are we onboarding them in a way where we actually understand what they want? And by the way, if you're not, a, I know we're like very designer heavy right now because Jamie is a designer, but I want you to, like, if you're a VA, if you're a coach, like you're still onboarding clients, like this still applies to you. Yeah. So how can we get our onboarding system to where we actually understand in your case, what they want design wise, but if you're like a coach or a VA, how they want you to approach the work with them. Like how do we actually understand their expectations, even if they might not be clear about it? Yeah. Oh, that's like such a loaded question. I feel like I think a lot of it goes back to who you're working with too and feeling free to say no, like I'm not working with you. Um, and I've had to do this over the years. And even just a couple weeks ago, someone was really, they were ready to drop like thousands of dollars to work with us. But I had to tell them on the consult call, like, I don't think we're the right fit. Like she was still kind of in the brainstorming phase of her brand. And, um, that's not something I want to come behind. I've done that before where I create brands and then six months later, they're non-existent. And that just kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Um, And so we started working with just people who've been in business a while and that's really helped as far as setting those expectations. Those types of clients are also like way more willing to trust in people that they, um, they know will actually like solve their problem rather than feeling like they need to be super involved about things. So, um, yeah, anyways, I've got a few ways that not just for designers, but, few things to consider to get zero client revisions. Um, you want me to go ahead and just dive in? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one I would say is to create a red carpet client experience. And I know that you've talked about this a lot, um, with your uh, membership and also just on this podcast, but it's always good to keep in mind, like that you're serving the client and like, yes, you want this business to work for you. But if you lose sight of like who you're actually working with, then the process is going to fall short. Um, And so just keep that in mind and how you can best serve them. And for me, that was a realization of like, why am I showing them non-viable options for their logos? Um, And so we just show them that one solution. So if you're like a copywriter or something like that, um, just use like a tagline as an example, like just show them the one that you think that they should do. I think there's a lot of psychology behind that too. As far as like, Haley, if you were hiring me, like, wouldn't you rather just me say confidently, this is what you should do rather than you feeling like you've got homework and like torn about it? Yeah, that that's a really good point because I guess by offering multiple options, you're making your client brain, uh, burn brain calories mm-hmm. basically. And the more brain calories you're making your client burn or yeah, burn throughout the entire process of working with you, it's going to wear down on how great they think you are. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I've had people I've hired um, in the past for other services and they'll send like an elaborate welcome packet and I'm just like overwhelmed and shutting down. And I know some people love welcome packets and I'm not bashing on you guys, but for me, I feel like on that end, I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm a little confused. How am I supposed to communicate with them? What are these rules they're sending me? You just um, want one step. Yes. Yeah. Tell me what's next, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. 
make it easy. I love that. Yeah. People are so simple. They literally just want to be led down the right path. So great job. You just did this step. Here's the next step. Great job. You just did that step. Here's the next step. It's like one at a time. I love that. So we're coming in and do you have them fill out like a little onboarding uh, form that kind of asks them questions? Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, the brand questionnaire, the client brand questionnaire is really key um, to making sure that you're presenting something that works for them. And this works for, like I said, copywriters, photographers, anything like that is that um, you want to make sure that you really understand your client so that you can create something that works for them. And then that will also lead to like minimal, if any revision. So we have a whole framework that we follow at Spruce Road and um, with our students as well in our course, but um, it all comes down to like getting to know your client and then doing like a thorough kind of discovery phase up front. Um, and that really, really helps like lead to zero revisions too. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think, I think that is, it's definitely tough. I know whenever I was a freelance web designer and graphic designer, I think the hardest part of getting to that zero revisions is you wrapping around, wrapping your head around what do they even want? But what I love about your approach is that you are very consistent with your design. So whether you're a VA, whether you're a coach, whether you're a graphic designer, web designer, like if, if on the front end of your website, on your Instagram and everything, like they know how you work, then on the back end when they book you as a client, like they already know your design style. They mm-hmm. already know like, like you're very minimalistic. You have a certain style. So if right. they don't like that style, they're not going to book you anyways. So it makes the onboarding a little bit less, um, I guess, need for it to be super, super custom because they already like what you're doing. Yeah. And I know you preach a lot about automation and systemizing things and Mm -hmm. that is so true. And I think there's a way, like a lot of times when we talk about those things, there's this kind of stigma around it. That's like kind of disconnecting a little bit, but that doesn't, that does not mean that at all. Um, I use the same brain questionnaire with each of my clients. We have the same templates we use as far as like presentations and things like that, that you can systemize in a way that works, but still has that human touch to it. And I think that's really important, especially if you're an online service-based business and you're not meeting in person, like you got to do things to really, really make it personable and make them feel heard. Like a lot of times if you're hiring a service, you want to just feel like, this is custom for me. And there's that icky feeling when you suddenly, suddenly realize like, oh, that marketing was really good, but this actually isn't custom or one-on-one like I, I thought. Yeah. No, I love that. I think a lot of people think, oh gosh, if I use systems or automation in my service-based business, my clients are going to think I'm a robot. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so not true. It actually makes your client, it makes you look a lot more professional. Let's be honest here, because that little thing that you're doing right now is um, all the custom proposals, all the, in, the hello sign contracts, like everything yeah. from scratch to the beginning. Like, God, that's a mess that no one wants to go through. Right. That's like, like signing on to a hot mess express train. So <laughs> let's not do that. Um, and then second, yeah, I, I think when you're freeing up so much time using these, like she uses the same questionnaire, she uses the same contract, she uses the same thing with little things tweaked each time. She's able to put all of her energy instead of building all these things custom, which they don't care. Instead of doing all the things that they don't actually care about, she's doing things that they actually care about, which is 
communicating with them, talking to them, stalking their brand, making sure like those are the kind of things that you should be doing. Yeah. I feel like uh, any, anyone probably relates to this, but I think especially designers and a lot of students in my course too get super hung up on what systems to use based off of how they look and thinking like, oh, this isn't on brand. And so I need to design it in InDesign, like a quote, for instance, or an invoice. I'm, oh no, I'm gosh. serious. This is something I used to do when I first started. Oh my so gosh. <laughs> I get you. I get you on that. Like you This gives are, me anxiety. <laughs> yeah, you're really hung up on it. You're like, these aren't my fonts. Like I would never design it like this. I want a good brand experience is kind of what you tell yourself. But in reality, like that's not a good experience for the client. To like not have it really easy for them to onboard and it kind of tells them like you don't have a streamlined process it makes them feel a little bit uneasy so I just mentioned that if anyone is listening and is hung up on that like girl just Thank commit you for saying that just commit 17 hats honeybook dubsado bonsai whatever right. commit do it <laughs> move on yeah yeah and you know what that's that's what I like to call playing business versus doing business you know mm -hmm. you can play business all day and make your custom InDesign things no one's gonna freaking care you're wasting your I feel like that's playing business like yeah. you're just it's like you're playing with dolls instead of building dolls that does that analogy does not make sense you get what I'm saying though yeah, right I get like it. I get it <laughs> and then if you're doing business you're not focusing on that stuff you're doing the cells you're doing the you're doing the back end that actually matters you're actually building a legit business you're not just playing business as if it's this hobby that's making I don't know less than five thousand a month and you're not making anything scalable to where you right. could have contractors underneath you mm -hmm. it's a completely different approach to business that's just not scalable Right. Yeah. That's a whole other topic too, like scaling service-based business. Cause I just for, even within like the first six months of my business hired, uh, contract designers. And I know a lot of people, whether it's what you're like a copywriter VA or something, you feel so connected to your service and feel like I can't like do that to my clients. I can't like onboard them and think they're working with me, things like that. I would say first, that's like a big pride issue too. Like kind of get over yourself a little bit. <laughs> Of like, oh, they, they <laughs> I love like, the uh, Jamie's honest. <laughs> <laughs> but really, though, I, I love like it. If they're like booking you and you think, oh, I'm the only one that can like do this style for them or whatever. But I've worked with so many designers, and like you just hire people that you think are honestly like better than you. And that way you can trust them and move forward. And this is getting a little tangent of the zero yep. client revisions, but it all works together as far as like building a good team um, that you can trust with your clients too. I, I love hiring people that are better than you. That's hands down. I, you know, I was talking about this last weekend. Someone was saying that they had this person, but it was like their ego was getting in the way. And this is totally different than the topic we're talking about. But I think this is so interesting because I do think so many people are like, oh, they're better than me. I definitely don't want to. Then my clients would just go all the way with them. and They'll leave me. Oh, right. Yeah. They have like all these stories in their head. Okay. Getting back to zero client revisions. I loved the direction we just took with that. Yeah. So I know you had number two. Did you say number three? Oh, I don't even know the numbers. I just have bullet points, but I'll go with it. Um, <laughs> number three is uh, to make sure that you're providing like rationale um, for okay. your clients. So I feel like this is often a misstep. I'm just speaking to the design industry too. I know this works with lots of service-based industries, but with design specifically, it's common to just, especially if you work online, like, hey, email the PDF proof or whatever it is and saying, here it is. Let me know your feedback by this date. 
or, or maybe they don't even have like a timeline, which is a whole other, like whatever. <laughs> um, but anyways, they just kind of drop and run. And I feel like that's not a good client experience. I wouldn't say it's bad, but it's not one that I feel like is worthy of paying a significant amount for. Um, you want to present the rationale. And again, this leads to zero client revisions because you're prepping the client for um, what you did for the logo design, photography, whatever it is that you offer. And um, you're telling them how this meets their needs, like how you solve the solution. Um, mm. And and I think that always bringing it back for us, it's like bringing it back to their audience, not like, hey, Haley, like I designed this for you. Isn't it pretty? <laughs> like you like it? It's like, hey, Haley, this works for your um, membership because da, 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 you know, and this facet because of this. And um, I think that really helps. And taking the time to present to them is number four, I think we're on, um, because that's also the human touch. And again, that just needs to be like a quick, like 10 minute call. You don't have to have them on the spot, provide feedback, but just make sure you're taking the time to actually show them what you did and why it works. And that goes a huge way into getting those minimal revisions. Wow. Okay. So I love this. And I talk about this a lot um, in our higher level program, positioning your product to sell it. Right. And because I get a lot of service-based entrepreneurs that they don't actually have to learn how to position their service because once they sell, it's done basically. And you just have to, um, it's, it's a little bit easier. Whenever you do a course, there is no way that you are going to sell to a cold audience if you don't have right. that positioning done correctly. And it sounds so similar to what you're doing here. You're using some psychological tricks to yes. position your, um, in your solution, your design solution at the end to where this is it and this is why. And it's, you're touching on their deepest desires, their pain points, all within the presenting. I love that the selling isn't done after you sell them in a way. Oh yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, I love that. There's so much psychology to this too. I've thought about like writing a book about client psychology. <laughs> yes. Like, no, I don't want to research it, but <laughs> anyways, yeah, there's so much psychology to it in um, presenting mm -hmm. one solution. There's psychology behind that and like decision paralysis. And then there's psychology behind like actually presenting on the phone or via zoom or whatever it may be. Um, to showing them like, Hey, first of all, I care about you. I'm going to schedule time in my day. I'm not just going to drop and run to, Hey, I'm confident. Like, I don't mind meeting with you and telling you why I did and why it works. Like, yep. I'm not ashamed of it. And then it's also just, it, it works for them as far as feeling like they're heard. And then you're telling them like, this meets every solution. Don't look at this and say, um, feel like you need to critique it. I feel like that's what a lot of times this, the psychology component of it is like sending them mm. a room like what's your feedback on this so they feel like they have to provide feedback whereas if you're presenting it you're like this could be done you know like this meets it I don't see why not you know if it doesn't let me know how it doesn't meet your audience I goals and, and then we'll adjust from there but yeah I mean and, and this could even apply to being a Pinterest manager you're not going to go, I mean, you could mm -hmm. be so confident and say hey we've ended the month and these are our reports and this is what we think about it you're not going to say, what do you feel about how we've ended our month with our service of Pinterest management? You can present, you can position that monthly report. So I want you guys to think like, even if you're not a designer, see how you can apply this to your business because this is some really powerful stuff when you do apply it. There's the psychology behind it where you're 
positioning, especially if you're a month to month, like this is a one-time thing, but if you're any, like a social media manager, Pinterest mm-hmm. coach, Pinterest manager, stuff like that, you're going to have to keep positioning and selling your service every month so that they don't cancel. Um, so yeah, I think this is huge. Yeah. I think it goes back to, to what you said, like making it really easy for them. Like I have a Pinterest strategist. I honestly, I'm like, I don't need all the report. Like you just tell me what, what's working, what's not. Like we don't have to do this whole like elaborate thing. Like I like looking into that stuff too, but just make it really easy for your clients. I feel like is the main thing. If they trust you, then, then roll with it. Yeah. 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 I, I love like, and this is what, so this is what we do. And when I talk about this in the profit planner lounge is if you are a social media manager or anything, find your KPIs that they actually care about. So like if you are a Pinterest manager of Jamie, you'd say, what does Jamie care about? She probably cares about just her traffic. She doesn't yeah. care about a monthly view. She doesn't care about anything else. Yes. So you're not going to send Jamie an elaborate report. You're going to say, this is how many clicks to your website we got. And this is how I plan on improving it this month. That's the mm-hmm. only thing that Jamie cares about. And that way, you she doesn't know all the numbers. You need to know all the numbers probably, but she right. doesn't need to. And then she's obviously going to keep continuing every month because she sees the value in it. I think that sometimes we think the value is something different than what the value that they think it is. Yes. And so if you know your audience well, then you'll position everything to what they believe is valuable. Yeah, that's so true too. And I, and going back to like providing the solution for them, like you said, the printer, Pinterest manager, it's like, Hey, here's your traffic. Um, here's your top blog. Like for instance, your blog posts that are getting traffic. Here's what I suggest you doing, optimizing that to get more email subscribers. Like, I think that's the best way rather than saying, Hey, Ooh, what I would you that. like me to do? Do you want me to do like some sponsored pins this month? Do you want me to do this or whatever? I'm like, I don't know. Like keep me out of it. I don't, I don't understand. Like, if you're stuff. asking me questions, I'm going to fire you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's not been my experience. My Pinterest manager is awesome. That's not been my experience at all. Just a caveat there, but right. an example, yeah. No, I love that you put put an example out there. You know, I have definitely hired some people in the past that do. They'll ask tons of questions. I'm like, dude, no, <laughs> let's not yeah. do that. And so if, and I know we do have a lot of service-based entrepreneurs that do offer service for even entrepreneurs like us, like Jamie and I, like we would potentially hire you, right? So if that's the case, use what Jamie's saying in positioning everything and try to ask as little questions as possible. Not that questions are bad. I'm not saying questions are right. bad. Um, but if you can Google it, then don't ask it. Or if you already know the answer, don't ask it, which most people already know the answer to it anyways. Um, and then position it confidently. Okay. So we've gone through four. Is there a five? Yeah. So the last one, uh, we just went through like presenting to your client. The last one is to set guidelines for feedback. and. Um, for my example, back to like presenting logo design. So we present on the phone with our clients or via Zoom and we'll walk them through the entire rationale, um, why we did things we did, and then um, we'll set guidelines for feedback. Like, hey, don't feel like you have to have it here on the phone. If it's approval, go ahead, tell us. Or if you've got questions right now, we're here for you. But set those guidelines for feedback and tell them like, Um, you know, I need feedback by this date that keeps you on track with your timeline, especially if you're managing multiple projects, um, and also telling them how to provide feedback for you. So with, in my case, a lot of times, um, some clients will get hung up on personal preference. Like I don't like red, so let's do this color instead or whatever it may be, or Mm -hmm. I just don't like that font period. And so instead of doing that, like we ask our clients to think about 
in light of their audience. Like why doesn't this work for them? And that helps us to move forward. So like we have a client right now who she actually did have revisions on a project, which is fine. Like we're totally always be open to their revisions and hear and listen to them yep. too. Um, don't ever be like, no, this is it. We're done. Like out. <laughs> All right. Some people do that, and I don't think that's necessarily a great experience. No. Uh, I wouldn't appreciate that if I paid someone. Definitely not. So you always be open to listening to them, but ask, like, why this doesn't work for their audience. So in this case, um, for example, the brand was, like, a little bit too playful for them, and her audience is, like, upper 30s. So uh, we listened to that, and we refined a few things to make it a little bit more sophisticated. So, again, going back to, like, why isn't this working for your audience? Let me know. Then that helps us move forward rather than I just don't like this illustration. That does, that doesn't help us. So mm, I love that asking for very specific feedback and digging. Yeah. And oftentimes too, if they have like, um, this happened actually last week too, a different client. Um, initially she was just expecting for some reason, like a, a lettered logo. She had never told us that before or anything. <laughs> and so on the phone, she's like, Oh, I was expecting something different. And, um, then we made her like, okay, well, why were you expecting that? And it was just like personal preference. And so she came back and approved it. So that also leads to like minimal or zero revisions too, is kind of addressing those, um, mindset hangups that they have initially. And then you could even like save yourself later from redoing something that doesn't need to even be redone. I love that. Um, I think my favorite part about that is, well, it's, it's so much the client psychology, I guess. That's the psychology behind it. This is so interesting to me. Yeah, it really is. I, I, I think a lot of people are really into psychology too, but and in business too, um, you could think of it as manipulation, but it's really not. <laughs> it's persuasion. Yeah. Well, and it's for their own good too, I feel yeah. like. Because we are a lot of times, you know, this like our worst hurdles um, to get over is like, making decisions and kind of getting hung up on things. And it's just a much better client experience. If you can just tell them like, this is what you need and I'm going to do it for you. And I'm confident this will work. Um, then, you know, that'll lead to zero revisions and a better experience for everybody. I, I love this. I love that there are some mindset hangups and I think there's this underlying tone of just clear communication yeah. with your clients and how can we create systems around clear communication too? Like how does that work in a way and not automate it, but like create systems around it to where you don't forget to really dig deep to where you are. Um, there's so much clarity. And I think communication is, is huge and a lot of people take it for granted. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely need to have good communication. I think a lot of service-based, well, even like selling digital products and things too, it's all about managing expectations, mm -hmm. right? Of like upfront, hey, they need to know, first of all, if you're doing a designer, like I'm doing one solution for you. Or if you're a product photographer, like you're going to get 10 photos or whatever it may be. Don't be open-ended about it. Like, Right. Uh, yeah, be really solidified in that. And I think managing those expectations really helps too. And then also, again, going back to zero revisions, like that just is, is a key component of it too. Yep, hands down. Thank you so much. This has been huge. I... I just, I, I can't, I know I've said this already three times, but I'm going to say it for the fourth time. I love the client psychology of this. I think this is massive. And, um, I'm, cause I'm so, I've been so interested in the brain lately 
Yeah. And so that's why I've loved the way you're talking. I'm like, oh yeah, this goes with this study that I've just been doing <laughs> about this. But the brain is so powerful. And if, if we can learn how to integrate psych- psychology principles into our experience, our customer or client experience, it, we're just going to have an even more massive impact on the lives that you're already helping through your business. Definitely. And even just because I know you talk about profit planning too, like you can really up the amount of clients you take on if it really is a streamlined process each time. And ours is we've got like down to a T been doing this for like, I think four and a half years. So, um, yeah, you can really increase the amount, especially if you add subcontractors, things like that, um, really make it super smooth and, um, increase the profit too. I love it. Thanks again, Jamie, for coming on. I really appreciate you. And so now that we've gone through everything, where can people hang out with you? I know you have an amazing free gift for everyone listening right now. Yeah. Um, so you can find me at sprucerd.com. That's Spruce Road. And um, I'm going to create a resource for you guys at sprucerd.com slash Haley. And you can um, snag my brand questionnaire that I use for my clients, as well as my presentation pitch script um, that we use to present that one logo process. Again, you guys can use this for any type of service, though. Perfect. I am so excited. And we will definitely be including the sprucerd.com or sprucerd.com. I need to say that slash Haley in the show notes as well. Thanks again so much. Thank you, Haley. Thank you for choosing to spend time with me today. You are incredible for raising your hand to being a CEO and not settling for the hustle-heavy lifestyle of the modern-day entrepreneur. Now, every single month, we have an Amazon gift card drawing for the amazing entrepreneurs that leave us a review on iTunes. Leaving a review helps us get in front of more people, which allows this movement to spread wider and grow faster. So leave a review right now. Drop what you're doing, leave that amazing review so that you can win the chance to have an Amazon gift card. And also just thanks for sharing this show or this specific episode with a friend or just sharing on Instagram stories. You are helping us accomplish this mission of giving more entrepreneurs control of their time and control of their money. You play such a massive role and I appreciate everything you do. I will talk to you very soon on the next episode. And until then, keep killing it.